Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Um, busy. Today's a busy day for you, huh? No, it's been like a busy weeks for me. Same, same. I'm getting my whiteboard ready for this meeting. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, awesome. Getting your whiteboard ready for this. Good for you. Uh, uh, take that as a compliment. <laughs> um, all right, so let's start. Let's start with a, a, a recap of where we were. Um, okay. Last time we talked about um, um, email series, right? And you said you got your staff going on it on creating the email series. And so my question to you is, have you sent them? No, we have not. Okay. Um, I don't, Megan wants to talk to me again about it today, but I'm gonna tell her to just pull the plug. She's hesitant and she's a perfectionist. And um, I guess she's trying to make sure it's, it's going to be marketable for our conference coming up. Um, Cause that's kind of- what, what does she mean marketable for our conference coming up? So I guess like whatever she talks about in the email automation, she kind of wants it to drive people to be interested in our conference. Okay, so no. No, okay, okay. No. Okay. Um, did you, not remind me, so did you just write a series or did you write a welcome series? Um, just series, it wasn't a welcome series. So we need to start off with welcome. Well, you need to have a welcome to welcome, okay. especially going into the conference, because I'm assuming you're going there and that's a prospecting, you're trying to meet new people and so on and so forth, right? So mm -hmm. any new contacts need the welcome series as well. Okay. okay. Um, Writing this down. That's, that's a must. Have that in place so that they're, they're getting that, because that starts the onboarding process even before they become a client. Okay. Right? Um, so remember that there are Seinfeld and soap opera. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Also remember that your emails should be 80% information, 20% marketing. Sales, okay. Okay. Um, or sales, right? And so that means that if you're gonna send five emails, Four of them have to be all value information and one of them to be marketing and sales. Okay. Four value. I like that. Sales. Got it. Okay. That at least help her frame that a little bit better. Now, okay. The thing it, when, when she gets really good at this is that you're going to give information that leads to the sales one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. But you're never selling okay You're right we're never that. asking for it you know like make a deal like we're not going to do that but she just kind of wanted to show our quality qualities which is in the value um and then hope in people seeing that like oh okay so we shouldn't even mention a conference at all no i'm not saying don't mention the conference I'm okay you're going to do a series and your goal is to get them to buy the tickets to a conference Mm -hmm. right right so 
just think about it this way. Put yourself in their shoes, and this will get into our conversation today and understanding your personas. Okay. Put yourself in their shoes and ask this question. Where are they before they read this message? And what do they believe about themselves, their ser our service, and their need for our service? Where are they right now? Okay. Okay. Um, and in this case, it, it yeah, no, just think about that. And then think about the end, which is we the conclusion. Want to, right. We want to get them to understand that, hey, registering and attending this conference in Atlanta is a big part of your solution. This will help you move the needle in your organization. Okay. And then you ask yourself, what are the steps to get them there? Okay, so do it backwards. Well, in my mind, that's backwards because that's not how I would originally approach it. Okay, how would you have approached it? I would have just, well, first, I just would have been like, hey, this is what this conference is about. But I like how you're saying like, okay, the end goal is to get them there. But what are the necessary steps we need to take to get them to realize that this is how they solve their problem? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Got it. <laughs> because what you're attempting to do is prime their pump in their mind. Okay. Um, so that they're ready for you. Okay. Okay. Um, for example, you may have to in that series before you get to to actually introducing the conference. Um, and you can even say that you have an exciting announcement that's coming in four days even. I mean, you don't, you can talk like that, right? Um, but you want to highlight for them that they have a problem that needs to be solved. Some people know they have a problem. Other people don't know they have a problem. And then a third group of people have no clue that there's actually a solution to their problem. They okay. don't have it, but they just figure that's what it is. And there isn't a solution, right? I just live with this pain. Like that's an, a very adult thing. Think about um. it. Adults live with pain, right? And did you freeze on me? Is that no. Me? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> it looked like you did for a second. But um, yeah, adults live with pain. You have a <laughs> nagging, you know, like my back hurts a little bit right now. I've never been to a doctor to see anything about it. Why? Right. <laughs> I'm an adult. I just live with pain. Right? Okay. But imagine if someone highlighted to me that, hey, do you have a twinge in your back? Do you know that that could actually cause you arthritis in 20 years if if you don't take a look at it? And I'm just making this all up, right? Right, right. They can highlight to me that I have a problem. Did they sell me anything? No, they didn't. But they can highlight that I have a problem and that there is a potential solution and we're gonna talk more about it. And that's what you wanna kind of do there with that. Okay. Right? And not just beat them. Hey, sign up for my conference. Hey, sign up for my conference. Hey, sign up for my conference. Hey. Okay, now. So we wanna help them see a problem they probably didn't even realize that they that there was a cure for it pretty much. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, 
I was listening to, um, I think it was two days ago, um, I heard this this um, analogy from, it's actually not an analogy, it's a story from Zig Ziglar. Um, I don't know if you know Zig. Um, he's long dead now, but Zig is like one of the foremost world leaders. Like people are still learning how to sell from Zig Ziglar. Like he's one of the masters. Have you, talk, have you talked to him about him before maybe? No, I haven't talked to you about Zig too much um, because I don't, I, I don't get too much into the sales side. I stay very much on the marketing side and he is a sales guy, true yeah. interest. Um, but anyway, so Zig told a story um, about this guy who worked in, you know, back when we had department stores um, that had an auto department and one of the manufacturers of the attire said that they were gonna do a promotion and they were gonna give away all of this money for the person who sold the most tires. So the dude's like, okay, I'm going to win this. And how am I going to win this? So he went and he printed up a handbill and on it, it said, hey, I was walking by and I noticed that the tires on your car are really bald and are in a dangerous place. This probably isn't safe for you and your family, yada, yada, yada. I'm so-and-so. By the way, I have a really great special going on right now. If you call me, right? But what he didn't just tell him, he didn't just stick a handle on their car saying, hey, get new tires. He said right. he gave them some information. And, and the reality of it, because I know, because I know sales and marketing well enough, that little bit, even if you threw away his flyer, everybody who read that first sentence looked at their tires. Right. 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 And once you realize that you're doing something and it's not safe, then you're not going to stop thinking about it. Exactly. And you're going to look for a solution. Right. We're getting started early. <laughs> okay. My wheels are like, okay, okay, okay. I got it. I got it. All right. Okay. So, um, just consider it in that way as, as she's continued to frame. Um, as far as her being a perfectionist, you know, put your foot down and just be like, look, go. Yeah. Um, you know, you'll tweak it later. Um, because you're not going to get it right. Trust Every me. Time. You can't, no, it's impossible to get it right. Mm. It, it, it's flat out impossible. And, and to make it worse, you haven't done the background work on personas, which we're going to be talking about today, which help you make it better. And even when those companies who do, who spend millions of dollars on persona development, they still get it wrong. And I've been to you for a second. That's what, what I'm here for. Okay. So where I am right now is I'm reflecting on when I work for corporate. I work for a mortgage company. My manager was really dope, but, and people loved him, but he wasn't someone who dealt with internal problems. Like he could always bring money in the door, but he didn't deal with internal issues. And so with that being said, it didn't matter how many people he hired. He kept ignoring these issues and then he was left with nobody. I want to avoid that. Um, so right now I'm really trying to take the time to streamline my business internally. Um, and I think and I think that this um, persona thing is going to help me help me see my current clientele mm -hmm. and then it'll help me build better relationships with them now. 
Um, and I also just want to take the time to, okay, so here's the thing. People tell me I should niche down and I'm trying, but what I want to do is kind of niche down how we work with all of our clients. I want it to look the same regardless of their industry. Is this, is this a good idea? Is this possible? Like, what are your thoughts on that? That's not niching down. That's systemizing. Okay. So right now, I don't know how to niche down, but I do want to systemize our internal team. Oh, don't worry. Um, this is literally what people pay me lots of money to do. Um, <laughs> now, I'm going to share this with you, and I've shared this with you previously. This is your B&I triangle, okay? And I'm dealing with the vent that you had just now about your former manager and what you're seeing right now in your own company and what you're trying to prevent and so on and so forth. Um, every business that fails, and I mean that literally, every business that fails has ignored one or more of these areas mm. when they're being completely honest. And so your goal as the head of VGA LLC is to ensure that on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, each one of these areas is touched. Mm. Okay. Everyone has to be touched. You cannot ignore any of them, nor can you get to the place where you're overly heavy in one and you're literally just touching something but not actually making any progress with it, okay? Um, so the, the piece that you were just talking about is team and systems, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it then touches a bit into communication because most people think communication is just with the outside, but it isn't. Here, we mean all communications. You market to your customer just like you market to your employees. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're always marketing. You're always communicating. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that business owners so often forget. Right. Um, you have to continually communicate. Um, but yes, you've got to spend time on team always. Um, and okay. you've got to spend time on the systems. You know, the old axiom is 95% of all business failure is due to poor systems, not people. Mm. <laughs> but we so often want to get rid of the person, mm -hmm. wonder why we have the same issue happen again. The same thing with what happened with your manager, whether he got rid of the people or not, when you have that much transient nature, you have to realize that that's what's going on. I dealt with that, uh, I mean, and I've learned through that a ton of times. Um, it's hysterical because we tell a story almost as a badge of honor, but it would, but in truth, it isn't. It's more of, of a failure that we learned through, but even though we tell it differently. Um, but there were a couple of years where I hired over 100 people each year. Wow, 100 people? Yeah, and... Yes, I had an organization that was big enough that could support and blah, 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 but I also lost all of them and had to rehire and keep, it was just a constant. Wow. 
right? Um, so there were really never more than 20 people on payroll at once, but mm -hmm. I went through that many. Wow. Right? And I kept blaming them. It wasn't until mm. I changed the system that I then had a core group that ended up staying for a couple years. Okay. Right? You have okay. to realize that it's, it's the systems. Okay. And I haven't, you know, honestly, I haven't had any complaints. I haven't had any, like, my team, they haven't, you know, but this is just me always trying to better and improve. And so yeah. I just wanted to take a look at myself and I'm like, if I continue to grow either with goal achievers or even with the dream team and I don't handle this now, it's just going to make things harder for me in the long run. Yeah. So, so if I want to grow, go ahead. If I want to grow, I want to focus on those things while I'm smaller and not wait until I'm like, you know, got 50 people on my team and a hundred goal achievers. And I'm like going crazy. No, even though I will right be thing. going crazy, I want to go crazy about something else. <laughs> you're absolutely doing the right thing. Um, and so I'm not at all taking that away from you. Um, just make sure that you, you keep that triangle in mind and you keep the, knowing that I've got to touch all these areas all the time. Hmm. So how do you touch, because, because you have, days of the weeks that you talk about each of these things okay and who do you talk to it who do you talk about it with so that's um let me pull it back up and give me one second my, i have to get another marker my marker is dry sure So it, th there's a reason that team, mission, and leadership are on the outside, because mm -hmm. they are the, the bounds that hold everything together, right? You've got to have a great mission as to what you're doing in, in your business. And then you have to build great leadership, okay? Um, and that leadership is supported by the team that you build, right? Um, so obviously, leadership needs to talk regularly about certain things. Now, in some instances, leadership might just be you, right? And you may not have someone else. And, and so that's also always slightly problematic, but you know, you're doing the right things. You've got a coach and you're learning and you're growing. And so that's good for leadership. Then on the team side, it becomes growing the team of trusted people that can take on certain areas. So for example, I'm training up a, um, a young lady right now who is going to take on all of the um, logistics and of, of my businesses across the board. And so then I'll, some of those conversations, right, I'll be able to have with her. Mm -hmm. Right. And she's part of the team. Mm -hmm. Okay. So sometimes you have to know what you have to talk outside with and you have to know what you got to talk internally with. Mm -hmm. right? So like you come to me and say, man, let me just vent about this for a moment. <laughs> right. Um, and that's okay. But you have, you have to do that. And you got to know who, who you can talk to about what, like, for mm -hmm. example, your cash flow. I'm not the person to talk to about cash flow. Mm -hmm. Great. 
Now I can give you general advice, but I'm, that's not my specialty. Right. Right. Um, and that's really what you, how you go and how you grow. And, and you may see that, okay, maybe I don't need to touch it every single week because of where I am right now. Like you may not need to touch legal every single week. Right. Yeah. But there's a once a month meeting where we, we talk about the, the few things that came up over the month that need to, to be addressed. You know, we need to um, update our NDA or we need to, you know, wh whatever it may be. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Um, any other questions on that? Um, I always come back to the B and I triangle because it's just genius. And you call it B. It's the B and I triangle um, from Robert Kiyosaki. Okay. I will put it in the chat, the link to that image at least. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, he goes through and explains a heck of a lot more in the books and that type of thing, but. Um, Suffice to say, you've got that there. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's start this conversation about personas. Um, and so this is interesting because, I, and I'm going to be completely honest with you and tell you, this is a marker of growth in a business. Um, I remember when. So, you know, my, my wife, because Mila created it, <laughs> we've run a bakery and a gift delivery service for many, many years. Um, and I remember back in, it had to have been like 2011. So maybe even 2010, it was way early in the process, right? Mm -hmm. And um, we got invited to one of her cousin's kids birthday party, you know, all the, you know, you, you know how that is, you get all the little kids together. And, like one of those jump zones or something like that. So anyway, we go, we're excited to go take the kids, hang out with their cousins and, and everything else. And we show up and they have a cake. Not that we didn't, it's a birthday party. We knew there was gonna be a cake, like, it, but she saw the cake and she had a visceral response. And she was instantly offended that they know she's starting this business and they didn't ask her for a the cake or <laughs> nothing, 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 right? And she was pissed off. And I think mm -hmm. she'll admit that, right? Because she tells this story. She was pissed off. But then she had a conversation with them and she knew what she would have charged to make that cake. Right. And she mm -hmm. knew all the problems with the cake that they did have, but that they couldn't tell because they don't care. Um, but, and so she knew what she would have charged, which would have been somewhere around 175 and they paid 40 bucks. Right. Right. And so that is the, the, the essence of understanding personas is that not everybody is right for your business. Right. 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 You know, and this is about serving those who align with you and where you're going okay okay um and so when people start talking about niche down and 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 it gets you know like i've got a friend who um at some point i'll probably introduce you to and he does a thing every 
Tuesday night. Actually, I missed it this past Tuesday. And he talks all about niching down. And I get on to listen because what he's saying is right. And But then I just watch people who are just completely confused because they don't understand really what the heck is going on, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so niching down is in the traditional sense of what people tend to think about is saying, okay, I am a virtual assistant agency mm-hmm. and I am going to now niche down and only serve accountants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is niching down, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm only going to serve black accountants, niching down. I'm only going to serve black accountants um, who are over the age of 35, who have three children, niching down, mm-hmm. who also ski. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm just, <laughs> but that's all niching down, but it's not persona. Mm. Okay. Um, niching down is a marketing, a true pure marketing research type of term where we're trying to define an audience and the size of that audience. Whereas when, when we're talking about personas, we're looking for an attitude of the person and of who they are and where they are. And so, yes, the niche down is part of it, but it's not all of it. So you said, I like that you said where they are. You said that earlier. Okay. Where they are. Everything that we do is about- And their attitude. Okay. It's about where someone is. Okay. We always have to, and that's the point of we always have to understand where they are right now. Mm-hmm. Anytime we're communicating yeah. to them, we have to ask ourselves that question. Okay. Right? Okay. Hence why I just spent the last five minutes giving you this definition, because I could have just jumped right in and be like, okay, personas, here are the questions that you have to answer. Mm-hmm. But I understand that you're in a place right now where, okay, people have been telling me this. I've been somewhat ignoring it. I don't totally understand it. I'm willing to accept that maybe this is right, but I don't know why. Right. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> and so I know that because I've, I know my audience, I need to spend this moment in time to make sure to explain to you the why to get over that hurdle first. Otherwise, we're going to do all the rest and you're just going to be like, yeah, huh? Okay. You're talking my language. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's really um, the, the, the key there. And the next thing that's with personas that I will tell you is you're never done. Ever, 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 ever done. Until the day that you close the business and walk away, you're not done. You are always learning. It's, it's, it's a marriage. Like I guarantee you every day you learn something about your husband. Mm-hmm. in some way shape or form right it's mm-hmm. a marriage you are marrying these audiences and you have to consider it that way that you're okay. always learning about them but you're learning about them because your goal is to communicate to them on a level that absolutely attracts them let me ask you a, a question that hopefully my analogy here works 
is Caribbean caterers a good client for you? Yes. Would you like more clients like Caribbean caterers? Yes. Okay. Are there clients right now that you don't like? Yes. Would you like fewer of them? Yes. Would you say that there is a major difference between your Caribbean caterers client and these clients? Yes. Like palpable? Yes. A whole lot you, of differences. Right. Wouldn't you love to be able to talk in a way that this client over here, when they read it, know that they need you. And this client over here, when they read it or watch it or whatever, realizes they're not in your sphere. Like they shouldn't be using you. Right. That's the point of personas. Right. And, get and I feel like, I feel like if you would have asked me this last year, I would have been like, I want to help everybody. I'll just make it work. And now I'm kind of like, you know, here's what we do. Here's what we don't do. Like here, here are things I know. I know that we do not work with startups. I don't want to work with startups. I personally don't want to put a new business in debt. And also they just, I don't, I don't want to be seen as somebody who just come in and cleans up your mess. And then three months later, you're like, I don't need you anymore. I want to build long lasting relationships. Um, and I want to work with business owners who know kind of where their weaknesses are in their business and why they're trying to bring on a virtual assistant to help them. Um, I know that I, I mean, I want to deal with service-based businesses, not really products. Okay. Um, and, uh, um, I want to deal with small and medium-sized businesses because so I like medium size goes all the way up to about 15 mil. Well, we're not there yet, but <laughs> we will be one day. The small business threshold, I think is $5 million. Okay. Well, let's say small businesses for now. And then as this persona develops more and more and more, we will get to medium-sized businesses. There's, um, I don't have this, um, I know my wife does. I'll ask her if she has a copy of this. I can show you. There's actually, uh, shoot, where is that? There, there is, there's a cycle. Um, and there is actual definition. Uh, shoot. I need to find that for you. And because I know I'm not articulating, but essentially, um, I can't remember his name. Um, but anyway, they did a, a study and they've categorized now small businesses and given each stage a name. So like mm. 30 to 70, 70 to 120, and I'm just making up the numbers, right? 120 to 300, 300 to 500, 500 to, 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 to half a mil, or I mean to a mil and a mil to, to five mil. And so they've given each one of those a different stage name. Mm. Um, to also help us identify a little bit more that, you know, I'm looking for people in this range, right? Cause you probably don't want someone who's making $30,000 a year. Like right. Well, right. on my paper, I wrote 75,000 plus. Okay. Um, everything that you write down ought to be justified and you have to ask yourself why 75,000 plus. I'm gonna tell you that, that whatever you write there, you're gonna be wrong. Um, just being honest with you. Because at seventy five thousand, 
it's $75,000 a business owner is not paying themselves. Like they're not paying themselves well in, 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 in order to really look at passing stuff off. They're still living paycheck to paycheck, hand to mouth. Okay. Right. Um, and scale at that, pl at that place is a scary thing for them. Okay. So like a hundred thousand. Um, I mean, I'm not good. Okay. So I'm just going to be completely honest. I'm not good at finance. Taishma, I don't know if that's me or you. Now you are frozen. My oh. can you hear me though? I just, I, you're just, you're back now. I don't know if that was okay. me. So here's the deal. Um, and I, uh, so I'm gonna pause and parenthetically and state this for a moment. Um, I stay mostly out of your relationship with Caribbean. Mm -hmm. Um, the only part I got involved in just a, was, um, the email that she sent you back when she, I think she asked for you and her to talk one-on-one, -on -one, right? Um, and what I wanted you to hear there, um, from her was at $40 an hour, you're hiring an $80,000 a year employee. What type of business is willing to hire an $80,000 a year employee? And that's why I say to you, if you're making $75,000 in your business right now, there's no way in hell you're hiring an $80,000 a year employee. Mm. Right? And mm -hmm. so that, because I was hoping that, that you saw- Oh, okay, 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 okay. When you say that out loud, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Times 40 times 12. Okay, so I guess with most virtual assistants, they don't work full time. They don't. That doesn't matter. Hmm. Again, this is not about you. It's always oh. about the customer. What does the customer experience? What does the customer believe? The customer knows that if I'm paying someone forty thousand uh dollars, -huh. that's someone who would make eighty thousand dollars a year. Oh, whether I'm paying them the full eighty or not, that's the value I'm assigning to you. Oh, and so when if I'm going to assign that value to you, what I get out of you has to equal to me, even though oh. I'll never pay you eighty thousand dollars. You know, I never thought of it. I love talking to you. I never thought of it like that. So, like, because like mainly, you know, part of like the benefits I would say of hiring a VA is that they're not full time. But I didn't realize that you could actually consider having them full time. Or is that how people like when they look at my price and they're like, okay, if I eventually want this person full time and this is how much I'll be paying. So it becomes the I'm hiring you to do this and it's a cost benefit, right? And so we're getting a little bit off persona, but it's a cost benefit analysis that's, that's, that's happening there of, okay. And, and, and the reason I'm telling you this too is because I was able to help her see through this because that's oh. where her mind went was, what the heck would I give someone that I was paying $80,000 to, to have Jacinda do? Because if there isn't Jacinda, if there isn't something, then I'm not gonna give it to her. I'm not gonna give her something that I wouldn't give to someone who was making $80,000 with me. Mm. 
but that's absolutely the wrong way of looking at it. It doesn't matter. That's, right. remember when we talk about understanding where they are, that's yes. where they are. Okay. That's oh as you goodness. move forward with people. And, and so, and as you get into these bigger organizations that are making half a million dollars and a million dollars, they're hiring people. So they're always doing that cost. And they know that if I pay you $40 an hour, it's an $80,000 job. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that versus a small person may just say, you know what? Yeah, if I get you to do this and this and this, it's worth $40 to, to me for you to do that. The bigger company looks at it differently. Mm. Man, you are just. That's why we understand. We have to understand our personas because we have to understand uh, how they're. We got to talk in their language. Yes. Okay. And you have to help them overcome that because I can tell you if I hadn't sent you and Mila didn't work for you and you sent that, she wouldn't have hired you mm. because her whole point, And she said, it was like, I mean, I know I need this, but do I really need it at the rate of $40 an hour? Mm -hmm. Those were her exact words. Not, and it's not even an affordability thing. It's not that she can't afford you. Mm -hmm. It's should I afford you? Mm -hmm. Talk to me, get me together. Okay. Coach Atiba, help me. It's understanding that as you progress and you deal with these clients, and as we get into the personas, we start to identify who can afford an $80,000 virtual assistant, which is probably someone making well over 300, probably closer to the half a million dollar range and above, right? When you start to get there is that they can't afford it. So right now you're dealing with people who are telling you things and you may hear the same words out of those other people's mouths who can't afford you as well, but they mean totally different things. Right. Right. Some of the people- Because because like the people who are just like solopreneurs in their mind, they're like, okay, this is still cheaper to hire in full time because this is only 20 hours or this is only 40 hours. And it's still cheaper than hiring somebody to do 40 hours a week. And this is 40 hours a month. But this approach that you're telling me about something I've never thought about. So, yes. Anyway, that was a digression um, because we had that experience in the last 30 days. Um, I am going to take you now and we're going to start talking about personas. I want to make sure we get- So are we going to pick up this conversation at the personas? We can pick this up anytime you want, but I want to make sure we start this one. Okay. I know the two of us, we will go and go and go and we won't get to this and we need to. Um, Okay, let me write this down so we can come back to this conversation. And really that conversation is- the end of personas. Once you start to understand these people, these types of conversations become very, very easy. Uh, well, easy is probably the wrong term. Much more manageable. It okay. Okay. So we're going to talk about 10 steps to personas. And, and um, you're not going to go through all these 10, but I go through this with everyone because I want you to understand what should be done. 
you're going to go through them in some way, just not as formally as what is laid out here, just because you're just not big enough. You just And you don't have the money to spend on this, nor should you spend the, the amount of money to do all 10 of these steps in great depth, right? Okay. Um, but to understand what a persona is, a persona is an ideology of a group of people that you serve. So your business can have multiple personas. It, it will have multiple personas, two, maybe three. Okay. Um, I wouldn't for your size probably get past that. Okay. Which also forces you to say some people don't fit this persona and they've got to go. Okay. Okay. Um, and the persona defines your ideal customer. Okay. Since we have um, a bit of, of shared language between us and Caribbean. I'm going to use Caribbean as an example. Okay. Um, as you define your persona, it's not just demographics, but it's also psychographics of this group of people. Because ultimately, what you're really trying to get to is the, and I'm going to use this word, but it's a stereotype that this group of people respond to marketing stimuli similarly. And that's what causes different personas to split. When we get to the place where we have a large enough group of people that we know we have to want to serve and they're going to respond to our marketing stimuli differently. Mm -hmm. Okay, so follow me on, on this. Um, for their wedding product and get that, you can have personas for each product that you sell. Yeah. Okay. So like, so like for like go high level, which I think I'm going to name when we white label it, it's going to be called core access. That's a different persona than our goal achievers. It could be. And we'll, we can talk about how that looks, right? Um, it may not be only because your goal achievers will also use it. So it may just be a persona all by itself of a goal achiever. But we will get, you know, you can decide that. Um, it really happens when you have products that hit different verticals. Oh, okay. So for example, weddings versus corporate events, mm -hmm. two different verticals, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that being said, um, looking at, at the personas, so again, we're using Caribbean as the example, in their weddings, they have three different personas. Um, I cannot remember their names. I know. Um, and yes, you name your personas because you talk about them like they're real people to mm. each other internally. Okay. Um, so there's Hannah. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I'm forgetting their names. Um, anyway, there are three of them and I've completely forgotten their names. Um, but one is a younger bride younger mm -hmm. being 27 to 33 um at the beginning of her professional career she's in a place where um her and her fiance can't afford the wedding and her family is footing the bill now we can go a lot further than that because there's a lot more depth to her right and we get all the way down to talking about phrases that she uses on a regular basis TV shows that she watches, okay? 
Um, so that's one persona. Another persona um, would be actually in the exact same age range, but she is a professional. Her and her fiance combined earn almost 300 grand a year and they're paying for the entire wedding. So now looking again at the demo and psychographics, when we consider how we communicate to both of these women, you have to communicate to them differently. This one who is having someone else pay for her wedding exists in a different world than the woman who is paying for it herself. You follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We've gone as far with this woman here who's, who has someone else paying for it that we're really looking for the, the woman who is having someone else paying for it and also wants everything that she wants and daddy's going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Almost a spoiled brat, <laughs> right? Because there's also the woman who's, who's having someone else pay for it, but she is beholding to them and it's almost like cowering. We don't want that bride. We turn that mm. bride mm. Right? We tell her, no, thank you, go somewhere else. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This is how personas start to help you because you get to start to identify when that bride calls, the sales team knows to identify her and escort her out the door. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Because we don't want that client. Okay. Same thing here. You get to that place where you start to define that. And then there's the third bride that, 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 that they have at Caribbean who actually is what we call, oh, Maxine, that's her name. The mature bride is what we call her um, because she is late 30s, early 40s, could be her second wedding um, or um, first wedding and she's getting married super late. Either way, she is extremely professional and you know they're earning almost half a million dollars a year and right out off the bat they're paying for everything she doesn't want this large grandiose tons of fuss she just wants what she wants give her what she wants let her move on she doesn't have time to do all the back and forth she responds differently to marketing and what is marketing an email campaign what is marketing your website what is marketing a phone call she responds differently to all of those than the young bride who is expecting daddy to pay for everything. Hmm. And we've got to talk to her differently. Okay, so I just heard, like, I'm thinking about all my discovery calls. Mm -hmm. And there are sometimes people who call me who have had a virtual assistant mm -hmm. and they were bruised by that experience. They want to give us a second chance. Um, I'm kind of comparing her to the mature bride. Mm -hmm. Like she has a team. She's been on this rodeo, but for some reason she gravitated towards BGAA. She thinks that we will be more professional than the people she's had in the past. And she's willing to test the waters. Um, but she's a little nervous about it. Is that a persona? That can very well be your persona at least the, the base of one. Okay. Okay, because we'll go even further in there and, and dig, and again, it's all about how they respond to stimuli, right? 
um, did, were they burned in the past because they, um, they didn't know how to task the person? Did they burn, were burned in the past because they hired the wrong person, right? Were they burned in the past for some other reasons? Then why are they considering doing this again? What's, the, what's, what's leading them there? And we ask all of those questions, you get all of those answers, and then you get to decide which customers you want. You know what? I don't want the customer who was burned in the past because she set up the wrong systems. But I'll take okay. the customer who was burned in the past because she hired the wrong person. Okay, so, um, and this is probably a whole nother different question for coaching. In those situations, should, should I, I guess I could take them, but take them on a different map or different role like say for instance if she's not a good delegator i'm good at that so you get to decide you can yeah. decide that you know you i really want to um so like for example i have another client in the, the healthcare company they have a person they actually specialize in coming in after someone else has screwed up mm. That's what they want to go after. So they're hmm. looking for people who have been burned. Okay, so I, basically I need to figure out what I'm looking for. Exactly. You do, you do need to figure out what you're looking for. Um, so let's let's start to go through some of this. And, okay, okay. And some stuff will come out. So 10 steps to personas. Number one, we got to find the users. Um, in this case, we're starting, that's a, you, you know, your users are your customer base right now. Um, and you can think about who are your best clients, who represents your best client in your current customer base, okay? If you could sit around and say, if I had 10 more of them, it would be these three people, these three clients, right? And it may not be perfect at the same time. It may be this client, but change these things. But you don't want it to be that the client is mostly bad and you're changing everything about them, mm -hmm. right? Um, so that's finding the users. And you may have it and you may not. And if you don't have it, you're going to make it up, hmm. right? Like if you're, if you're a brand new business doing this, you make it up. You, you're going to define what you believe is your best client, who you hmm. believe will be your best client right? You're going to be wrong and that's okay. Um, because we're all wrong the first time we do this. It's, I've never met anybody who gets it right. Okay. Um, then you're going to build up hypothesis in the building of hypothesis is some of what we were just doing just now. We start talking about what makes them the best client. What about them? Is it that we love? What about them? Is it that we, we want what kind of qualities do we want them to have? So yes, we want them to be in the service field, not a product field, but now are we talking professional service? Are we talking blue collar service? Are we, you know, the, the service field is still big. So we can look and say, okay, we really, you know, want people who are in the blue collar field. So we're looking for people who are, um, you know, the janitors and the lawn mowers and, or we want the professional service field. Um, and in that, we even in the professional service, we can go with the professional uh, personal service field like caterers and home care um, agents, or we can go with the professional services field like the lawyers and the accountants. You can consider 
all of those types of things and say, who is it that I really want to serve here and um, would make the best client? You start to build some mm -hmm. hypotheses, hypotheses about them. So you've got to do this step. The next thing is the verifications, which you're going to kind of gloss over for right now, because essentially you're trying to marry the, the users and the hypotheses together. Um, mm -hmm. But you probably don't have enough users and you probably didn't make good enough hypothesis right now. So it's very mm -hmm. hard to do great verifications, but we will come back around to it. Okay. Um, then unless you have a large group of users that you found, and by large, I'm saying over a hundred, um, finding patterns becomes very, very difficult, right? Because you're trying to find categories and patterns, things that are similar in your users. And if you have five users, yeah, good luck, right? Like that is not, it's just not enough data to really create. Yeah, pattern. like the only pattern I could think about right now is that most of them are women. <laughs> Well, okay. And that's not a bad, <laughs> that's not a bad thing either. Right. You can, you know, my wife only services women. Now, does that mean that, oh, let me just say, say that my wife only speaks to women. Okay. Does that, mean that she won't take a male client. Now she has some products that are women only spaces that she's created, right? Like her society. So yes, she can't turn you away, but she's not going to just encourage a guy to to join however there was a guy who was listening to her and called her and said hey i need you and i'm willing to pay you and so she's doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with him because that is a product that she offers and he fits the persona of the person for that product mm -hmm. so great go forth and conquer he doesn't fit the persona of the person for the 100k society that's a safe space for women Mm -hmm. right and so she uh, won't market that to him it's okay and so I, I understand that most of my people are women but i don't want to just focus on women too like i wouldn't mind assisting men as well so understand that that's perfectly fine to say and you also have to understand what the heck god is doing inside of you yeah. um and so there is a moment in time when everybody looks like this and you're saying, but I also wouldn't mind that, that you have to say, okay, God, is it because you only want me to focus there? Right. And it's so complicated because when you said, what is your perfect, like what, I mean, not your perfect, what, who is your favorite? Like, I don't know, something you said to me and it made me think internally, like out of all of our goal achievers, who, who does my team and I enjoy the most? And it's a male. Our first male client. Okay. Well, there you go. So the, the female thing may not be, and that's okay. But these are the questions that you have to ask and answer mm. and go through. Okay. And not make an assumption, but really ask yourself why. Why? If it is that it looks like it's mostly female, but then why is that? Is that true? Or am I just defaulting? But my best client's a male, but is that true or, and I, and I don't know him, so I'm not disparaging him, right? Um, but is it true or is it that he has the qualities that we expect in the females, but he has, <laughs> right? 
Right. And you, these are, and this is why it's a deeply personal thing internally to a business and because you have to ask and answer those really hard questions. Mm. Right. And it, it just never ends. Like Tanika and I just did an hour yesterday on hers. It just never ends. Okay. And it never ends because you're getting to know them and you're getting to know yourself a little bit better all the time and your company a little bit better. And as you get to know both of them, it morphs in terms of who you're really trying to, to target. Okay. Um, then we define situations. You're not going to do this probably um, because really this is starts to get into doing some, some testing and stuff. And yeah, well, no. <laughs> um, disseminating of the dissemination of knowledge. Well, you're disseminating it to yourself, um, number one. So that's gonna be pretty easy. Um, then number two, you're gonna have to teach your goal setters. Did I say that right? Not the achievers. Well, achieve oh, the dream team? The dream team, sorry. You're gonna have to teach a dream team about your personas because they're going to have invaluable information coming back to you about personas. Like we made this assumption that we want a client who is X because they're going to do Y. Well, guess what? We have this client here who is X, but they're not doing Y. So they're breaking our persona. Is there something wrong with our persona or did or is there something wrong with them? <laughs> right, are they an exception? Right? Man, this is a lot. It is. But it's necessary. It, it's ongoing, but it allows you to be able to have these conversations. Right? And it allows you to understand when you're ready to send out a, um, a, a, an email blast that, hey, guess what, guys? Our list now is segmented by persona. So like with um, going back to Caribbean for a moment, with their email journey and series, there is a point where everyone then gets segmented into their personas and they get different email journeys based on their personas. That's how the email automation is set up in groups like that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Because we know we, at this point, before this point, we can communicate to everybody the same. At this point, we know enough about you that we should know your persona right now. And we know we started to understand. Because you're asking the right questions. Yes. Okay. But without knowing your persona, you don't know what questions to ask. Right. <laughs> right? You don't know what questions to ask. Right. And you don't know which questions not to ask. So for example, if Maxine calls on the phone to Caribbean caterers, they need to rec recognize early this is Maxine and not ask her a stupid question like, who's paying for this? Because we know Maxine is the mature bride who's paying for it herself. We're not going to ask her that question. Or, 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 or is it that you may have found a way to get that question answered indirectly? All because you knew what you well. was looking for. All true as well. Wow. Okay. <sighs> almost, we're almost done with the process. Nine, we start to create scenarios. You're not going to do that because again, you don't have enough big, big enough user base. Uh, but this process is what Coca-Cola uses in order to figure out how to sell Coke products. What Ford uses 
This is what all the super big boys use in order to figure out how to sell to you. Okay. And then number 10, what I've been harping on the whole time, ongoing development. It never ends. Never ends. Okay. So those are the 10 steps. So now you have an idea and understanding of the, the overall process. Any questions before I move on? I'm sure you'll answer any questions I have. Well, I'll at least do my best. Um, where it ends up and you, I, I strongly suggest that you guys do something similar to this. Um, this is what we produce for um, our clients. Okay, this, so this is yours? Uh, this was one that I did for a client. Wow. Okay. Um, so you're going to end up with a mass of information. And we're going to boil all up on this persona. Like, like this uh, Charlotte Walker, the actual persona right up on her in the, um, the Google Doc, which I can't show you because it's proprietary, um, is super long. There's a ton of information. And we boil it down into this graphic. Okay. Um, now, why do we boil it down into this graphic? Because what we want you to do is literally, and when we were meeting people in person, we would take this to them. Um, we would print this up on giant poster board and you hang it in your office. But now everybody's virtual, so there's no point. Right. <laughs> um, but you hang it there so you can talk about Charlotte. You can talk about the different personas, right? So you'll see here, um, you do have, come on, why won't this? And, you, and so the personas matter even after they're a client. It still matters. Yeah, because you got to know who they are and how to, to, to talk to them. Because once they're a client, they've just bought your base product. Right. And you and tell you me that to, all the time. You want to ascend them through your process. Right. So you've got to know who they are all the way through. Right. Okay. All the way through. Um, your um, your dream team should know their client is this persona and they should expect certain things and, and, and confirm that is what they're getting from them, right? In terms of who they are and what, what you're hearing about them and how they exist and so on and so forth. Um, and it should be known, okay? Um, so to, to the point, uh, I know with Caribbean, when she had uh, uh, her sales team in the office and they would do their weekly meetings, they would literally start off and say, okay, who has a Maxine? And they will talk about all the Maxines. Mm. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, put a face to the name, put a name. Um, you'll see um, here, there's some demo information. She's 27, blah, 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 blah. And then you go into some of the information about her, her personality. Okay. And you can go as deep or- What do you mean by interviewing? I, I didn't say interviewing. On her personality. Like what kind of things? Um, that's a good question that I don't remember the answer to of why this came up for this client, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, this is an old example because this is, you know, uh, this client's no longer around so I can use it without. Yeah. Right. 
Um, but yeah, this is the client gets to decide what to put into personality and you can change these sections as well. Right, 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 um, right, right. I have other clients where we know a lot about the language of the, the person. And so we put that in one of these sections where it's their language and common phrases that they use, common quotes that they love. Like we get that specific. Okay. Then you're going to write a, a, a brief bio of them. That is also important because it gives a, a bit of a synopsis. Um, you can do motivations in this kind of way of um, the a sliding scale, or you can just list them. There are tons of different ways that you can do this in, in presentation. Um, goals and frustrations become very, very important as well, because now we're starting to talk about where they want to go and what their pains are. Okay. Again, every single piece of this is customizable in terms of, you know, what you actually want yours to look like. And you don't have to use this format. You can use any format. There are tons of right. formats, right? Um, we can talk about their behavior, their influences. Um, one of the areas that I love is the frequently used apps because we'll get into that once, because you, you got to know where to go find your customer. So how does Google Calendar help you find your customer? Um, it doesn't, but you know that they're a big user of Google Calendar. Mm. Man, this is, um, I, I just, I, I can't process all of this. This is too much, too much for me to process. So that's what you know. You know that they're a big user of Google Calendar. So therefore, you know. So Google Calendar, Zoom, no um, LinkedIn. Right. So for example, let, let's make this practical. If you were, you had the persona that you knew would ascend to using Go High Level and their Google Calendar, Zoom, LinkedIn is some of the apps that they use but then go high level doesn't integrate with any of those apps, then you know you're gonna have a hurdle getting them to buy go high level, right? Because it's just not gonna work. You're gonna get create friction there. And that's where that type of information um, uh, helps you. That makes sense? Yes. Okay, so that's that. Uh, that's, the, that's what you end with um in terms of the pretty graphic okay um do, 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 do. in terms of now and i'm kind of walking you backwards through this here in terms of now the internal document that you have um i included this for you as well the the buyer's persona and you know a lot of people like to think about business about their personas in terms of business types you can completely change that if you want. Um, and you can, you know, talk about the business stage, the size of their staff, how much revenue, again, all the demographic type of information that you would expect, right? So when you say business types, what does that mean? So it again, completely customizable, right? Um, some people use that to say, uh, for example, uh, we do private sector, public sector, is, could be a business type. And it actually exists in two different places because you have it up here as business type and you have it over down here as business type. So you can actually cross reference. So for example, um, we're going to go after um, 
firms that do accounting for, um, and so that may be, uh, so let me back up. So at the top, you may put private sector and down here for business type, it may be accounting firms, but you may also go after accounting firms in the public sector or uh, um, the government sector as well. Um, right? So would business types be like nonprofit? Nonprofit is a good one. Okay. Okay. And so it, what we did here was try to build flexibility because there's so many different ways that you can uh, define a business and you really need a pivot table, but nobody knows how to use a pivot table um, except for those of us who are absolute geeks like me. And yeah, we were having problems with people using pivot tables. So we now give you these two ways to say, okay, so yes, nonprofit and what type of nonprofit? Because you're not just going after nonprofit, right? Or, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can look at it completely differently and say, hey, we're only in the accounting space, right? But we're in the accounting space and we know that overall, we only talk to accountants, but our business type are accountants that do personal finance accounting, our accountants that do small business accounting, right? And so it just gives you two ways to define the business type. Does that, that kind of make sense? Mm -hmm. um, business stage, you get to define any way you like because everybody defines business stage slightly differently. So like if they're a new business or yeah. been so, in business for five years or? It gives you the internal ability to define what you call a, the stage of the business and then assign it here. So we don't dictate that oh. because everybody is different, right? Oh, okay. Um, and and especially based on the business type that you chose up front, the stage changes. So, for example, you know, even in the nonprofit world, there's a big difference between a nonprofit that's ten years old and one that's two months old. And so those may be in business right. stages, but you don't really call it new versus old necessarily there. So we give you the flexibility. And so that's kind of the point here with this document. There is a lot of flexibility for you to kind of play around and put information in. Uh, we do limit you to three because at your size, you really shouldn't have more than three personas. Right? Um, mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, oh, I went too far. Size, staff, revenue, um, geographic. And you don't have to fill all of this stuff out because it doesn't necessarily all matter. It all depends on your business. So for mm -hmm. example, um, uh, geographic for a catering company really doesn't matter because their entire persona is always going to be in the same geography. Mm -hmm. Versus my wife, geographic matters because she's realized that she's looking for people who live in the suburbs of major cities. Okay. I like that you explained that to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you can define that. You may realize that, you know what? I, I love serving people in rural areas. Great. Right. But then uh, again, this is all about segmenting people and figuring out how they're going to respond to stimuli, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so the reality here is, 
if let's say ge you put geographic down and you have some that are rural and some that are, are, are city, based on your product and what you're offering, are they actually going to respond differently to you because they're from the country versus the city? And that's the question that we're asking. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, we're asking where they where where are they at? Yes. So you what you're going to do is you're going to start with the first one here, and you're going to start writing your assumptions in. And every time you write your assumption in, when you say staff size, let's let's say, and you may say staff size of ten to or one to to fifty. I, I'm just making up, right? Then ask your question. the question. Okay, if they only have one person on staff, are they gonna respond differently than someone who has 50 people on staff? Absolutely. And if they are, then they need to be a different persona. Okay. You follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. All right, this thing is not wanna scroll very nicely. Um, then you actually, so you do that top section to kind of give you a bit of the, the demographics. Then we start to get into um, actually writing out the personas. Right? I did have a question. Um, when it came to like, who is the internal rivals? Is that important to me? Like, what does that mean? Um, yeah, so as you get, uh, you know, in the scroll, I almost missed this. I did miss this page. Um, this is a very important page, especially as the company size grows. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, who is the leader? Pretty obvious. Who is the hidden advisor? There is a champion. So in, in the case of Caribbean caterers, I was your hidden advisor. Mm. Right now, sometimes you don't know that. Okay, um, but again, with growing personas, so I had um, actually the client who who left to grow up to, to go to the agency that you took their spot um, in order for us to have these conversations. In talking with them about this, they're in Toronto and he runs data centers in Toronto. So like Netflix leases from him. Wow. Okay. Um, and so that's what he does up there. And in talking with him about one of his personas, we actually realized that the hidden advisor was uh, medium.com. I don't even know if you know medium. It's, it's a blogging website is a hidden advisor. Wow. Right. Because we realized that that's where this particular persona goes to validate information. Mm. Which is exactly what Jillian did with me. After mm -hmm. she talked to you, she called me and she said, does this make sense? And I said, yes, it does. And you should do it. And she said, okay. Hidden advisor. Internal rivals. Um, internal rivals are, are people who aren't going to be happy that you're around. Um, I, my first experience with internal rivals would have happened, that had to have been 2001, maybe 2002. Um, 
I got called in, this was back when I was still doing a lot of software development and building software systems. Um, and my specialty was actually coming in after someone else who had screwed up a system build and fixing it. Um, and so the state of Maryland um, through contacts called me in to fix this um, system, this referral system that they had. And I walk into the room and I'm here to fix things. And there's just all of this hostility. Okay, I'm sorry. My thing, I, I got booted out and then it oh, just reloaded. Um, I just gave you the key to life. <laughs> I hope it was being recorded. Um, yeah, it, it is, but I, I'll just give it to you again. Uh, with, I'll, I'll give it to you again okay. without, without the drama. Um, so anyway, so this is about 2001. <laughs> and I got called in to fix this system. And... Um, there was all this hostility. I remember our, our first meeting, right? So I, I am a sub to the main client and he and I drive up and we get to just all of this hostility. And when we're leaving, I'm not quite understanding what just happened. And so we're talking about it and he explained something to me that, that just opened my eyes. And, and he said, you have to understand that what they feel is that we're building a software system that's going to replace jobs. And so they're helping us fire them. That's what they believe. Right? Now, the system was never designed to fire anyone or for anyone to lose their job. It was designed to help them be more efficient. But they felt like they were going to lose their jobs. So, and that they were an internal It was designed rival. to streamline. Yes. There are going to be right. internal rivals. There are going to be people who are going to say, mm. I'm not sure that's the best choice. We don't really need a virtual system. We can just do, you know, I mean, at $40 an hour, we really could just go hire someone. And, you know, look, we can hire somebody from the Philippines for $7 an hour. Like, why would we need to pay them $40? There is that internal rival. Right. If you could figure out who they are, based on the business and this is why mm. we build personas because now we're really niche down but now we're really down in specific we know who's in that organization we know who you're talking to because we know because mm. we're studying and we're learning right um the unsung hero is usually that person who uh, this is for much bigger businesses, to be honest, but it is that person who's going to be your, um, that, that you, you probably will never know. You probably never know. The mm. It could be the hidden advisor. It could be somebody else. Okay. Um, but it, we give you the opportunity with bigger businesses. You know, when you're talking about like, you know, with some of my clients in, in that $14 million range, they're unsung heroes that you don't even realize that, that won you the job <laughs> and you're like, didn't even know you knew. Right. Right. For the hidden rivals though, or internal rivals, like, would you say our job is to become their friend? So it 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 depends on the situation. Sometimes you don't even have access to them. Mm. Okay. The key though is as you build your personas, knowing that they're going to exist. If you're walking into a company with 20 people and you're bringing in virtual assistants, you know that they, they exist. Sometimes the internal rival is themselves. 
So some, sometimes the business owner, if you're dealing with the solopreneur model, the business owner is all of these people. Sometimes- I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, they can wear all of these hats and your job mm. is to help them overcome all of it. This is why we build personas. Because once we have all of this type of information, it becomes so much easier to communicate with someone. However, it's super hard to build all of this information. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, okay, wait, one question. Leadership profiles. Is mm -hmm. that like their title? Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, if, okay. if in larger organizations and, and especially in nonprofit organizations, um, it becomes important. Executive director or, okay. Knowing who you're talking to, what they're about, what their profile, you know, that can become important, especially there, okay. um, where you've got to make, you know, um, um, decisions by committee, right? And oh. It's also important because sometimes you don't realize that you have to make decisions by committee, but if you know your persona. So for example, I hired a sales guy and I was testing this out because I, I wanted to see what he could do. I, I hired a sales guy to go do some sales for me. Um, and I deliberately gave him very little information because I wanted him to just go to my websites and discern the personas and go find them. Because I was really trying to, I'm running a hypothesis. I paid, it was a paid hypothesis test to see Am I communicating to the persona? Did he understand well enough the persona? And then go find me clients who actually fit that, right? Or if he would ask you questions to get all the information he needed to be able to do that. Well, I was hoping he didn't have to. That was the whole point. The because whole point the information was on your website. And, and, and I think the question is that I was trying to figure out what I paid him money to figure out is, am I right or am I wrong? One guy that he brought me, really great guy. But what I didn't realize going into the sales call is that he has a board and he can't approve, even though he's a CEO, he can't approve any transaction without board approval. You know why? Because <laughs> yeah. that wasn't in my personas that I was talking to. Yeah. So now I have to figure out, is it that, my language on my website isn't clear enough, or I do need to include that into my personas, mm. right? Did I make the mistake and I do need him or did he make the mistake because I communicated wrong? Mm. I get it, I get it, I get it. Like if you're a PR and although they may be in a nonprofit, you will be working on their personal brand, not what the nonprofit needs them to do because that may have to, I'm thinking about Bianca, I'm sorry, keep going. Okay. I get it, I get it, I get what you're saying. It makes sense to me. Uh, where stakeholders' power comes from, really, that gets back to the leadership profiles, understanding who's in charge and who's making decisions and who gives them the, the, the ability to make that decision and why, right? Um, much like, um, um, my the, the guy I was talking about in, in Toronto, um, the person who's making the decision to buy his service is getting the power from 
usually in those in a couple of his personas from the owner of the company because they are losing revenue um, for various reasons. But it's important to know that. Mm -hmm. Like, if I know that, when I talk to you, I'm going to say to you, hey, listen, this is going to make you look really great in front of the boss because you're going to be able to, right, start mm -hmm. uh, maximizing on the revenues and, and, and shrinking your expenses in doing this. Because that's where his, that's the power who gave it to him. That's what they wanted. And so I'm addressing that in my communication to him. So now he realizes I'm closing the gap. He showed up. I'm here. This is where I need to be. There's a gap. I'm closing it. Right. But if I don't know that, I can't necessarily, I'm shooting in the dark as to what gap. I'm just trying to tell him stuff and hope that some of it lands. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense? Yes. Um, this now gets into writing it out into narrative form. So you get the narrative, you get um, some identifiers and other demographics and so on and so forth. Then we get into some of their psychographics. What are their pains, um, et cetera? What do they want? What do they really want? What do they really need? What's really going on? And we got a dig here. Um, I think I've, I've shared with you before that there are three types of problems the internal, the external, and the philosophical. Everybody has three types of problems. Every situation has three types of problems, internal, external, and philosophical. The external problem is the thing that people say to you when they come to you. That is the external problem. Most people in business try to solve the external problem. And then they get frustrated when they don't make sales. And then they learn something and they say, well, if you had told me that up front, then I would have said X, Y, and Z. That's the internal problem. Yeah. The internal problem is usually the thing that's going on on the inside that's driving the external problem that they're willing to say. They're usually not willing to say what's going on on the inside. Sometimes they don't even know what's going on on the inside. Yeah. But people don't buy unless you solve their internal problem. Nobody buys something because of their external problem. They only buy because of their internal problem. The old adage on this is nobody buys a drill, they buy the hole. Right? You didn't, you don't just buy a drill because, ooh, it's cool to right. have a drill. Right. I get you it. I get drills. it. Yes, because you need a hole. Right. And why or do you because you need a nail to put in the hole that you're trying to drill? And why do you need the hole? Well, I need the hole. Now I get into the philosophical problem because my grandmother just died and I want to put up a picture of her. Oh. Okay. Okay. When you can solve internal and philosophical problems, your close rate will go to 100%. When you can identify them, because that's the first part, <laughs> and then offer a solution, you will go to 100%. It's so interesting because my friend just asked me to speak on her podcast because her podcast is about superpowers. And she's like, Ty, people reach out to you when they want to solve a problem. When they're trying to uh, 
put a program together or put an event together or execute a project, they're like, call Ty. She'll have the answer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She'll be able to sit down with us and help us see what we need and how we can get you know, that accomplished. And I'm just happy that she helped me see that. And I, you know, I didn't look at myself that way. So now I take it a step further and understand that in communication, there are three problems that everyone exists with. They're only going to tell you one. You have to be smart enough to figure out what the other two are. And that's why we do persona development. Because in understanding our personas, we start to understand what their internal problems are. Right? Okay. And what their philosophical problems are. What they say they want, what they really want, and what they need. Yeah. Well, the what they need takes you a little bit further, but yes, yes. Um, but yes, that's where this is going. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so it's all, everything that you do is in communication is all about problem identification and then crossing the gap to the next step in the solution. I was telling this to Jacinta, I met, I finally met Jacinta, um, and she said something and she was talking about something she did and, and she was talking about value. And I asked her, what is value? What, what does it mean? to give value because what it means to give value is to take a prospect, whatever you want to call them, customer prospect, whatever, from exactly where they are and help them make one step towards where they're trying to go. If you do that, you've delivered value. But so often we think of value of all the things that are valuable to us that we want to share with you. That doesn't matter to them. The only thing that matters to them is where they are right now and making one step closer to their solution. Right? Mm -hmm. So, and the example I gave her is like, if you are going to go buy a house and you want to buy a house and you Google, I want to buy a house, what's going to pop up? A bunch of realtors. And you're going to go to their website and you're going to see all these fantastic houses and you want to buy one of those houses. Right? Guess mm -hmm. what? Buying the house is the end goal. So yes, they have a problem. Their external problem is that I want to buy a house, right? Mm -hmm. End goal is what? The house and they're moved in. But if I'm here at the realtor's website, what is it to, for the realtor to add value to me right now? The realtor needs to understand that chances are, if I'm here looking at this house, my next question, my next thing that's going to come up to me is how the heck am I going to afford that house? Mm. Well, if that's my next thing, then great. Guess what? I'm going to refer you to a mortgage broker. That adds value. Telling me about the neighborhood right now doesn't add value. I see what you're saying. Okay. okay, I'm trying to put it in perspective of a virtual assistant or okay so you said showing the neighborhood doesn't add value but putting them in front of a loan officer who can help them get a loan adds value right 
So that's me always trying to find resources for my clients. It can. And, and again, adding value doesn't have to be external. It can be internal, right? It can absolutely be internal. So again, using Caribbean caterers as an example, one of the, the, the things as you go through their, um, their buyer's journey, um, after their initial consultation, they're trying to determine what are the pain points for, and they're listening to, for what are the pain points that this customer has. We've defined them. We know what they are. And if, let's say, one of the big ones is, do I want a plate at the dinner or a buffet? Well, guess what? When they start to talk about that type of stuff, they get dropped in an automation where they get emails about plated and dinners or buffets. Okay. So this I, is helping me. Yes. Okay. So when I'm doing discovery calls, like instantly my mind goes to, are they a creative or they're organizers? So they could be at least two of my personas because then I take them on two different experiences and that helps me pair them with someone who's a complete opposite of them to help them where they have their weaknesses and things like that. So, okay, so they're an organizer. I usually pair them with a creative. And if they're in creative, I usually pair them with somebody who can help organize them a little bit. Is that the same thing? Are we yes, talking yes. the same language? So, okay. So that's a great example, right? Um, and that's on the pairing side, but now on the, and, and I'm just speaking hypothetically here, okay? on the more value even to them side of helping them take the next step is understand that you just identified one part of their persona as being a creative. So now you can have creatives that are um, that that still respond differently to stimuli. So you may have multiple types of creatives. Right. right? Um, and so they're this persona and they're a creative, great. So after this call, they're gonna get dropped into the automation talking about how we're going to pair them with um, the right person. And that automation is never gonna call them a creative and never gonna right. call the person an or organizer, but it's going to talk to all the challenges that we know a creative has that an organizer is going to solve. Okay, I get it. I get it. That's why we do this. And that's yeah, why I, I get it. Once you start to identify what people's real problems are, your close rate goes through the roof. Okay, now I'm automatically jumping 10 steps ahead and I have a hard time. I mean, I shouldn't do this, but now that helps me also figure out who I need to hire, what kind of characteristics they need to help fulfill these personas. So my dear, we do personas for your clients and you can also do personas for your staff. Mm. Okay. You do internal and external personas. Absolutely. <sighs> Absolutely. Um, okay. Challenges, common rejections, blah, blah, blah. You know, most of this stuff um, is pretty self-explanatory. Um, unless you had any questions, I'm just going to keep running because I know. What time did we start? We started at 10, right? Yeah. Your time. 10 o'clock your time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we both have a hard stop. So it's 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 fine. Um, but we do what we do, you know, we just and we haven't got through all the documents yet. Um, what causes them to choose us? Now we get into some of understanding how we're going to pair what we do with their pain. 
Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me write that down. How we're going to care what we do with their pain. I like that. How we're going to pair what we do with their pain. Okay. Okay. Um, now, saying that slightly even different are the next two questions that get into how we help and which of our services do they need, but they don't realize they, they need upfront. Mm. So these questions start to ask the same thing from different angles because I'm trying to force you to think about it from different ways, not just from your own perspective, right? Um, and then we get into tendencies um, here. What are their favorite phrases? As, as we talked about, um, analytics tendencies, habits and activities, important relationships. Those are always really important because we start to see little things that we didn't even know about our personas, right? Like for example, the, the guy in Toronto, it was only when we got into habits and activities that we realized that Medium was a site that most of his population was going to, and they were going there for validation. Mm. So like, okay, valid, not validation, but like uh, people may look at our Facebook reviews like well, that. okay, so no, the validation that they were looking for there was, and so that's different. Um, yeah, you're talking about reputation not uh, and your reputation. What they were going to medium for in this particular example was they felt like they, it was time for them to get a co-located um, server situation, right? And they weren't sure if it was time yet or not but they think it is, they're getting pressure from management that, that says it is, but what do I really need in a co-located service, right? And so here's this company who's presenting me with something and they go to Medium and read articles from other experts who talk about what you should look for in a co-located service. So that's the validation that they were looking for was, yes, what, what you're telling me company A matches what the experts say I should have. And we found that by and large, their favorite website was Medium. So guess what? He started sending them Medium articles to read. Mm. We know you trust it. Oh my goodness, this is crazy. Right? We know you trust them. Why wouldn't we send you stuff from the people that you, we know you trust? Right. Okay. Um, where you find them, social networks, and getting into a little bit more now. This gets into more of the nitty gritty of actually writing um, an elevator pitch to them. You know, what would you say to them? Like, what what's something that you say? But that's a whole nother. That that actually goes beyond persona a bit. Um, I was gonna say I am not ready for any of this. If I have to write a pitch right now, oh my gosh. Yeah, that that's at the once we have personas. That's that's more at the end. Okay. Um, so that is where you end up. Those are the two documents you end up with after all of this process, the graphic and this monster. And this is only for one persona. You would repeat like pages, what is that? Um, three through seven for every single yes. persona, right? 
and mm -hmm. pages one and two are just a bit of the summary. Got more for you. We ain't done yet. You didn't think we were done, did you? No, I know we have a whole nother paper. I printed them all off so I can write on them. Um, the next two are not, make sure I'm doing this right. Um, and so if you have this, I'm not gonna blow it up too much because it, it's, it's a, well, I am gonna blow it up some. These are. Oh, for some reason I couldn't print these off. I don't know why. Oh, there were images and not PDFs. Okay, yeah, this one is uh, because it's super long and it, and I have it, it, what it, what this was was actually a slideshow that we turned into just one image <laughs> um, that I I borrowed from digital marketing community because uh, it's really good and I've said for years that we would redo this and we just never have um, and I just need to I need to put it on the list and get it done um, but anyway. These are questions by area. Not everything you're going to have an answer for, but I'm going to challenge you to answer every single question. And it's a lot of questions. Okay. And what we're looking for here are the different different answers. Are, are you quiet or boisterous or boisterous? Right. We're talking about your, your client. Do you want clients? Are your clients quiet or boisterous boisterous? Okay, so I have a question. Should I, like right now, should I consider my clientele that has been drawn to me or are we just like going from scratch? So remember going back to the very first document, the, uh, the 10 steps when we're mm -hmm. talking about finding users, what mm -hmm. you want to consider right now is, is there anyone in your population that you would call an ideal client? That if you had a hundred more just like them, that you would say, oh my gosh, business is awesome because I love these <laughs> Right. Okay. Now, if there is something about them that makes them a 90% ideal client for right now, you can run with them. If they're at 70% screw them, move on. Okay. Define, define them. Right. So in that, in that case, your user base becomes a true hypothetical user base. If you don't have anyone currently that you can base this off of. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have two people that I can think of right now. Okay. That's been with us for a while. And they're walking testimonies and they just rave about BGA. Right. But that's not the answer. The, the question is, are they people that if you had a hundred of them, you would be happy? Yes. And that's the key. They've yes. got to be your ideal client. Yes. Everything else we do is focused on the client. That's the one question that you have to nail about you. Mm -hmm. Right? Like we want more of them. Right. So anyway, so you come through here, you answer all of these questions as much as much as you can. Okay. Um, and some of them, again, you may not know the answer to just yet, but what what would it take for you to deem your life a success? You may not know that today, but guess what? Guess what? Now you get your dream team to start mining for this information. You don't know the answer, right? And okay. you identify some of the clients that you think are your best. You identify some of them that you think are your worst. And you mine for this information. You start to see, it, are there differences? So, you know, in my worst client, they say X. In my best client, they say Y. 
Or you may find out that both your best and your worst clients say A. Mm. And in that case, that's not a factor that you actually care about. You move on because they're both saying it. You're are we gonna? For- are we? Should we also think about like the tasks that they ask us to do as well? You can define that if there are tasks that you don't want to do. Yeah. Right. Then that needs to go into the personas, and you, you, because you're not looking for people who need these types of services. Okay. Listen, I am not picking up your laundry. So right. if that's the service you need, you're not my best client. Right. Okay. Okay. And I know y'all don't pick up laundry, but <laughs> um, so it goes on personal life, career. And I mean, this is exhaustive. Um, online activities, and, and we'll touch online activities a little bit more really quickly, but um, you want to answer all of those questions. Okay. Okay. Um, and again, answer all the answers that you can think of that you would want your ideal client to say, because again, what we're going to end up with is looking at where there are variances, right? Because there may be multiple answers under question A, but I can speak to that person in the same way. And that's okay. That's okay. Um, There's a lady who did this phenomenal ad on um, Facebook. I got it somewhere. And I didn't understand it. My wife brought it to me because she wasn't speaking to me at all. But she was targeting women who watch Housewives of Atlanta and The Real Housewives of Potomac. And so she used their vernacular in her advertising. Mm. Like genius. Because only people who know those series would relate. Right. I, I was like, why she say that? Right? Yes. Um, um, side note, we do know a, a couple of the people on, on the Housewives of Potomac. Um, because it's, you know, it's up the street from us. And um, Caribbean caters actually caters for them. Wow. Side note. That's incredible. Wow. I actually never even heard of Real Housewives of Potomac. Oh, okay. I don't even watch TV, so don't mind me. I'm Good not. <laughs> I'm not surprised. You shouldn't be watching TV. Um, <laughs> you can't be a successful business owner and watch TV. <laughs> um, buyers, pre- and, and when I say that, I mean, you know, like, unfortunately, I'm reaching that age where I do need the mental break. I can't work like I used to. <laughs> so I do have to do things to wind myself down. Right, to relax, yeah. Right, but yeah, like in my 20s and 30s, pfft, yeah. right? even now, we own one TV in our house and that's only because we've had it forever. Otherwise, wow. we wouldn't even have a TV. Wow. For a long time, I never had a TV. Yeah. Okay. Um, this next uh, PDF here is just more questions. Right. Slightly different. Um, some of the same. Okay. But more questions to, to, to just get your mind going. And it's best if you do this with somebody else. So even with, you know, one of your... Um, your dream it will have to be Megan. Yeah. Right. One of your dream teamers and, and literally just go through and answer the questions. Don't overthink the answers. Go through, answer the questions and you can come back through and, and refine. And th- because after the, re- the, the, in the refining, you're going to ask, why does this matter? Do we, is, is this, 
okay, so special skills. We said that one of their special skills is, you know, they have to be able to do a handstand. Does that actually matter to us? Right. No, it doesn't. Who's their boss? Well, they're their own boss. Okay. But do we really want to work only for, for people who are their own boss? Are we only targeting that? Or are we looking to go after HR managers? Right. You know, to consider through some of that. Okay. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. At least at a high level? Yes. Um, yes. It makes more sense than it did before we got on this call. And a lot of people have been trying to talk to me about, they just say like create a profile. And I'm like, it is not that easy. But yes, now I understand how to do it and why it's important. And I just feel like it's gonna take a long time. But like you said, it's always gonna be changing. So it's gonna take forever anyways. Yes. It is gonna take <sighs> it does. Um Hold on, I got one more thing to show you before we skedaddle. I just have to pull it up here. Oh, come on. Go ahead. Sorry, just be patient. We're going to show you, I'm going to do a demo or something for you, but they always move this and I always have to look for it because Facebook is just a jerk. This is not what I want. This is not what I want. Sorry, I forgot to pull this up before our meeting. I meant to. Um, it's probably staring me right in my face. Oh, here it is. Okay, I found it. Okay. So what I'm about to show you is um, a tool that most people don't even know that they have the ability to have. You have a Facebook page. Because you have a Facebook page, right? For your yeah. business, you have access to Facebook Business Manager. Mm -hmm. Inside of Facebook Business Manager, there's the Ads Manager. Inside of the Ads Manager is Audience Insights. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you have access to all of this. All right. Um, Everyone on Facebook? No, everyone who has a business page on Facebook has access to this. Most people just don't know they have access to it. No, I was reading it. It says chosen audience to start. Everyone on Facebook are people connected to your page. Yes. So we're going. To, you're always going to. Well, I shouldn't say always, but for the research point right now, we're going to choose everyone on Facebook. Okay. So after you've done some of the demographic study that you that you believe about your audience, okay. Um, you're gonna come here and we're gonna say, we're gonna just leave the location right now as all of the United States. Um, if you were to say, what is the ideal age of your audience? I would say 30, 30 or 35, yeah. To what, 30 to 35? 30 to 40. 30 to 40, okay. 
and choose 30 to 40, we, we are going to go with both men and women. All right. Um, what's an in, uh, interest level that interesting that they may be in or an industry that they may be in, something that they're interested in? Um, entrepreneurship. Okay, so we can do that. I can never spell entrepreneurship, but that's okay. Me either. All right, and we can add more interest in here to, to narrow it down as well, okay? Um, then we can come down to the advanced. We can talk about what language that they, oh, nope, clicked the wrong thing. Language, we'll probably leave that, unless you wanna go with Spanish or, you know, uh, relationship yeah. status. Are you looking for people who are single, married, in a relationship, or engaged, right? Married. So Let's just do married. Audience is married, and then you can even say, are they newlywed or not? Let's say one year. Well, that's, yeah, we'll leave it at married, because I'm oh, okay. only going to show you people who have been married for a year. Oh, I thought longer than a year. Okay. No. Okay. Um, you know, you can talk about what the highest level of education. So we want college people and grad people. Okay. Um, work. Do they have a job title? So maybe they have, uh, and uh, is it going to take that? Hi. Hmm. Why is it not taking anything from me that I want to give it? Whatever. <laughs> you, can, you can put job titles in. I don't know what it's acting up. You can go with market segments. Are they parents? How mm -hmm. old are the kids? Right. So you can target all parents or say, you know, I really want, I mean, at 18, 30 to 35, they're going to have young kids. They're not going to have 18 to 26 year old kids. Right. Um, right. Politics. Life events. And you can okay. use all of these. Wow. Upcoming birthday. Right. But now <laughs> here's what it does for you. Facebook is going to give you a lot of information. Mm -hmm. to help you understand your persona. So you'll know right now, based on what we said, it's 44% women. No, sorry, 44% women who are between age of 25 and 34, and 56% of the women are 35 to, to uh, 44. So it skews slightly older, mm -hmm. okay? Um, and actually the same thing for the men, okay? Relationship status, well, we chose married, so 100% of them are going to be married. 84% of them went to college, but only 16% went to, to grad school. Mm -hmm. Why does any of this matter? Because it, it speaks to how you speak to them, right? We chose that they were educated college or grad school, but we're going to realize right now, if this was a true search, that what we're saying is most of them are, are college, and if we, don't, if we talk to the grad people right if we talk in a language that the grad school um graduates would understand we would be alienating 84 percent right good information to have mm -hmm. job titles here are the job titles of people in that from what we chose mm. broken down by percentages management i'm oh, sorry did i scroll too fast for you no i just saw that management had one of the highest percentages. Okay, so you can look at that. You just you're looking for patterns and insights. Oh, page likes. Uh huh. So look. Oh. In the home decor, so most of them like something in in home decor. Hmm. Poverty barn kids is big. 
Smallwoods, Canvas on Demand, and the Pottery Barn itself. So this is really good for like collaborations. It's great for collaborations. It's also great for knowing how to communicate. Because mm. if, if this was a real search, which it isn't, and we knew that Pottery Barn Kids was their the number one most um, liked page by this entire audience, right? They share that in common. Guess what? Go look at Pottery Barn's advertising and marketing. Mm. Go look at how they're, commu they're communicating to your audience. They are talking to your audience. Wow. And guess what? <laughs> they did all 10 steps of the persona. So they will yes. teach you how to communicate to your audience. The only thing oh you have gosh. to do is crosswalk it to your industry. Mm. Right? Now you understand why when I said that that lady who she realized, you know, the real housewives and she used their stuff, she mm. used her audience. Okay? Oh my God, this is crazy. Right, um, and then it breaks down the 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 page likes by mm -hmm. the size of the audience, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, location. You can figure out where the heck they are. Mm. Where are they? Who are we talking to? East Coast and Texas. <laughs> right. But again, for this search, every search will be different, right? And then lastly, Facebook will tell you about their activity. Check this out. They, they like lifetime, they like on average two pages, how many comments they're making, posts they like in the last 30 days. Mm. They, look at this one. This group has clicked on 39 ads in the last 30 days, which is, and the gray behind it is the Facebook average. Mm. So they've clicked on twice as many ads as everyone else on Facebook. Wow. But it don't show you what type of ads. No, they're not going to show you that. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, that this is all really valuable information. Device usage, you'll see. Yeah. Mobile only desktop, iPhone, huge iPhone users, not as big Android users. Why does this matter? Because let's say you're talking about go high level. If it doesn't work on the iPad, well, you know, 68% of your audience is probably iPhone users. So you're going to be fighting an uphill battle with them. Mm. Right? Going back to yeah. that very first document I showed you when I said my favorite section is the technology section, right? The, the, the services that they use. Yeah, getting to know this type of stuff. Um, so there's obviously tons of places to get this type of data, but it will cost you quite a bit of money. Facebook is one of the easiest places to get this type yeah. of data for free. Okay. You can get yeah. really actionable insights here in Facebook audience insights. Okay. This is game changer. Okay. So. Now you have the skeleton to start to understand how to build your personas. And now you also understand why I said, this is usually about 16 hours that I spend with people to do this. Because you just can't get it done in an, you know, you're not gonna sit down in an hour and do this. Right. Okay. 
So the next time we talk, I'm gonna have two personas uh, work through for the most part, and then I'll ask, you know, how I can fine tune it. Okay. Um, send it to me when they're done. Oh, you know, you've got a draft. Um, that way I can react and be pleasant when I tear it apart. <laughs> no, do not do that. I'm going to have to redo all the work all over again. It will be fine. So it's good for you. Yes. Well, okay. I do have other questions. Okay. So um, as far as the press release. Yes. Yes. Do you have any questions for me right now? I'm going to go complete um, the form that you sent me yesterday. Yes. Yeah, and I'm I am gonna have to go uh, but are they starting okay. soon. Okay, okay, okay. Well then um, just so yes, do that for me. Um, so that I can get it over to to um, the writer. Um, I've got a writer lined up um, to do this for you that I think not, not I think I know will do a good job for you. Um, he'll be able to really connect with with you. Um, and so he's ready to go. As soon as I get that form, I get that over to him and we'll have it back to you in a few days. Uh, okay. And then you'll be able to review it. Uh, once you review it, you're you're checking it for facts. Okay. Um, don't really review it from the point of view of is it written correctly or how I would like to say this, because unfortunately, unless you've got some compelling answer, we're not going to change it. Here's why. Um, we write, again, always know your audience. And our audience actually isn't the person reading the press release. Our audience is the editor who's going to run the press release. Okay. And we have to make sure that we write in a way that they're going to want to run it okay which is a pain in the tail but you got to know your audience yeah okay okay Sounds good. i'll complete that form right now all right anything else really quick that you wanted to touch on no have a good day it's been a pleasure as always this video will be on the um on the uh youtube, YouTube. Playlist. okay sounds good thank you for your time you're welcome, my dear. It's my pleasure. <laughs> Bye. Bye.